Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I just want to remind you guys that this is just me and Mark telling stories and that nothing that we say here is intended to be medical advice. This is strictly from our point of view as two dads telling the stories of our T1D kiddos. Also, just want to remind people that we want to maintain a perspective in this podcast. Regardless of what Alan and I or our families are dealing with, we understand that it doesn't amount to a hill of beans compared to what our daughters or anyone diagnosed with type 1 diabetes is dealing with. Welcome to Dads and Diabetes, two dads of T1D kiddos on a podcast, trying to figure it all out. Uh, my name is Mark, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend and fellow dad, Alan. Hey, Alan, how's it going, mate? And as always, I'm doing pretty doggone good. <laughs> you have the life, my friend. What are you? you work for yourself, you have a beautiful family. I mean, you do live in Arkansas, so, you know, not everything in the garden is rosy. Well, nothing could be perfect, but you know what? <laughs> it's close enough. You know, got two weddings coming up, and oh, that's right. Yeah, so Emily and Lexi, you know, July and August to be here. Before you know it, Camp Sweeney in between that, and softballs in full swing, uh, tags, little baseballs in full swing, and so it's it's a uh, pretty pretty hectic. I guess you could say. Yeah, after the weddings, we're going to need to do a, maybe a break, a little a little splinter of this podcast called Dads and Bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> or we could do some kind of DYI, First Man Cave or something like that. So You got some new boys in the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah but two good guys. They're really two good guys. They're uh, very mature, very responsible, and I couldn't have asked for two better future sons-in-law, so... And the thing that's interesting, you know, of all the things that I've encountered in my life, I've never had any, a kid get married. And so I still don't know how I'm feeling about it. It's weird, man. I was um, I was watching Ella. She was uh, propped up on the bed last night reading a book. I, I walked in on her and she, she's obsessed by this book right now. She has her nose in the maze runner. I don't know if other kids around 10, 11, 12 years old read that book and was similarly taken, but I haven't seen her as addicted to something since she read Harry Potter. But anyway, she's propped up on the bed. She's reading away. She's um, in her Easter dress. She looks so cute. She's so adorable. And I just look at her and I'm like, oh my gosh, she is a young lady. She is a young woman before too much longer. You know, the guy's going to start coming around and I'm <laughs> going to have to try and deal with that. <laughs> and, um, and then it's only had a flash forward. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's going to come a day. I'm going to be Alan. I'm going to be walking her down the aisle and handing her off to somebody else. And I don't feel good about that. I'm like, I know, I don't want that. I want to save my baby forever. Stay right there. It's bittersweet, you know, and you just got to be thankful that when they find the right guy, you know, and it goes by so fast, Mark, and I know you hear that a lot, but Emily's 21, Lexi's 18. Aniston, everybody, everybody knows, is 11, tags eight. So there's a big gap there. 
now Aniston's going to be the oldest kid at the house, but not for long. I mean, to me, Emily was just eight just a few years ago, and she was 12, you know, just a few weeks ago, and now she's 21. And and it just happened so fast. Aniston's turning into the eye-rolling, huffing teenager. She's <laughs> never wrong. We've thankfully encountered that stage before two other times. Uh, we're actually raising Lexi all over again. Their personalities are exactly the same. They're little, oh, really? Oh, they're firecrackers. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you're going through the same thing with Ella. I'm sure she's perfect as far as her attitude. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. No, sir. Whatever you need, Dad. Hey, Dad, you want me to go get that coffee for you? Absolutely. Oh, she's on top of that. I figured that. <laughs> Aniston, God, but I tell you, it's been wreaking havoc on her blood sugar. I'm just ready for puberty or prepubescence. Whatever she's going through at this moment, I'm ready for it to end. But again, do you really want it to end? Because what comes next is uh, she's a little lady yeah. and then it's boys and prom and graduation and college and then marriage. And man, it, it just happens before you, before you know it. Well, you know, it's, it's on your shoulders, my friend. I mean, you should have uh, instigated the Bruce Willis rule from your first girl. I remember reading an interview with Bruce Willis and he has all girls and the interviewer, uh, I think his first girl was kind of coming of age, 18, 19. And the interviewer said, you know, how are you going to deal now with, you know, boys coming around the house? And he said, oh, I have a plan for that. I'm I'm going to shoot the first one and hope word gets out. <laughs> <laughs> that ship is sailed, my friend. <laughs> it's in Arkansas, so it's legal here to do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on before we have any lawsuits. Um, again, welcome to Dads and Diabetes. Uh, our regular listeners will know that Alan and I are dads of a couple of T1D kiddos, Anna. Uh, Alan's daughter and Ella, my daughter. And every episode, we hone in on a particular topic that's pertinent to our family and we think is probably of interest to our listeners too, and just talk about how diabetes impacts that. So, this episode, this is one we've been looking forward to because uh, this is something we both have to deal with on a regular basis. We have two highly active, highly competitive kiddos mm-hmm. who are both engaged in sports, a variety of sports, I think. So, uh, this episode, Alan, we're going to hone in on sports. Now, no, 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 listeners, listeners, don't, no, no, don't, don't, don't hit that stop button, okay? We're not going to be doing stats. We're not going to be talking about soccer the whole time. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> a softball's not a real game. Play baseball, for heaven's sakes. Um, that ball is not solved. <laughs> oh, dude, this could be a whole other podcast if you and I go at it. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we're not going to be honing in on the history of softball or soccer or volleyball or swimming or any of that good stuff. You know, We're not going to be talking about the, uh, the greats of the game. We are literally just going to be talking about what does it mean when you have a kid who's very active and is engaged in competitive sport? What does that mean for your family? What do you need to be mindful of? How can you manage diet? Uh, how do you keep your eyes on those numbers and uh, help your kid really enjoy their sport and not have to worry about uh, diabetes while they're in the midst of it? So, uh, In our disclosure, we, we say this is not about education. This is really not about education. Mm-hmm. I think uh, what we're planning to do, Mark, you correct me if I'm wrong, is just you know, what's it like when we wake up in the morning and we got a game? Or what's it like if we got a weekend tournament coming up? We're just going to talk every day, hey, this is what we do. You know, warts and all. You're going to hear uh, how we prepare for it. And, uh, you know, go ahead. <laughs> you can just take it away. Take it away. I like it, man. Take it away. I mean, you, you wake up in the morning, Anna has a softball game. 
You know, she's going to be out there. She's a pitcher, right? So, you know, she's going to be one of the more active players on the field. She's going to be involved in pretty much every moment of the game when she's not out outfield or on base. Right. You guys wake up in the morning. What does your routine look like? Let me back up. It's really the night before. So when we know that we have a game coming up, it depends upon is it a game or is it going to be a tournament? Uh, so we play two different types of ball here and well, mostly the state of Arkansas, you call it league ball mm-hmm. where you just have your, your local soccer, your soccer league. Oh my God. What's wrong with me? <laughs> hey, winning. <laughs> your local softball league, uh, which includes just your local towns. And then you have your travel. We call it travel ball where you travel to different venues. Um, and it depends on which type of ball she's playing. Cause if it's a local game eh, you don't think a whole lot about it the night before, but when you're planning for a weekend, so let's, I guess we go for that first. Uh, when you're planning for a tournament, you're going to be there for a day. Uh, maybe a, it's a, just a day long tournament or it's a, a couple of days, you know, we're planning the night before uh, we're packing snacks. We're making sure we have all the supplies and what we really look at is, you know, what is she eating uh, the night before? Is it going to carry over to the next day? Monitoring sugar through the night. You know, how is she going to wake up? Is she going to wake up high or low? So we really try to keep that in range before we leave. And part of before we leave is the night before. You know, so we make sure we're, we're trying to really eat healthy, which we've been doing that, you know, for months now. Trying to eat healthy, getting ready for the, for the next day. And as we're packing for the snacks, it's really just protein. This is what the Nolte's do, you know take it for what it is but there's just tons of beef jerky tons of beef jerky and cheese those little packets and also skittles that sounds like a, pr- a pretty big dichotomy but the skittles are for when we have to treat a low so we're looking we're doing the normal thing we're getting our alcohol pads we're, we're bringing an extra sensor bringing an extra um, infusion set making sure that her little bag that has her glucometer her test strips and all those things so we're just making sure we got supplies. Aniston pretty much takes care of that, but of course, we still ask every single time, every day. Oh, naturally. <laughs> but and then, what if I jump in? No, you go right here. I like the fact you backed up to the night before because and I'm not. I'm not going to repeat everything you just said because I agree with pretty much everything you just said, and I would just be echoing it. The one thing I, I wanted to uh, interject though is to say. I think the reason it's important that you're mindful of what you're doing with your kiddo the night before. Um, is because uh, obviously you're trying to set them up to, to to be successful the following day, to have you know good energy and and be feel great and go out there and perform well and have a good time and have fun with their sport and everything. But uh, we found with Ella that you know if we're not taking care of business that night before, she has a rough night. Forget about the following day; she has a rough night. So she'll she'll spend the night you know in the high hundreds or in the 200s and I'm fighting it all night long and I'm trying to get her down. She'll wake up then exhausted. So you've already got your kid feeling like she's run a half marathon mm-hmm. before they get on base or take to the soccer field or whatever sport it is that they're doing. So I want to just interject that piece there. I think it's, it's really important that, you know, for us at least that we're doing those things the night before, not only to set them up for the following day, but to ensure that they have a, a good and restful night's sleep and they're not feeling exhausted the moment they wake up. That's exactly right. It really starts with the night before because league ball is one game and they play at eight o'clock at night. So that has its own little little quirks. Wait, wait, wait. They play when? They play 8 p.m. Our league is so small because there's only a few towns. Right. We stack the games. She plays 12 and under softball, but you have T-ball, 
you have um, eight and under, 10 and under, 12 and under, 14 and under, 16 and under. Mm. So she plays in the 12 and under league right now. And because there's so few fields, we don't have big complexes and things like that. You travel to these places and you're typically playing a lot of times on their high school fields. So, you know, we're just in a very rural area. Mm. So it is a little bit different. And so you have a specific time for the game. We know weeks ahead of time what time that game is. But you're exactly right. Uh, The night before, it's still always going to be quirky. And a lot of that's because of the excitement of the game. Uh, Anna and and Ella, Ella's a competitor and they're excited. They're excited (laughs) about what's going to happen. They're thinking about the game pretty much all day. And the night before, the blood sugars can get a, a little quirky. Mm-hmm. So you have to eat right the night before, regardless, really, if it's one game that they're going to play or if they're playing for, they're getting ready for tournament ball. And if it's tournament ball, are, are we tournament? Are we traveling? That's, that's a, that's a whole other thing. It's basically the same as getting supplies, except you just get enough supplies for how many days you could possibly be there by depending upon how long the bracket says it will last if you win through. Uh, but the night before, you know, we're making sure that we have high protein, very low carbs. We're doing the same thing that morning. If Aniston, just like with Ella, when you know that you could possibly have a bad night or you could have a, a night where their standard deviation or the fluctuation in the sugars is, is pretty vast, you don't want them to wake up tired. You want them to feel rested. So you really try to stay on top of it. And that morning breakfast is really important. What we do is make sure we have a high protein breakfast, and typically it's no carbs. You know, we with Aniston, it's usually going to be eggs and maybe some kind of maybe a little peanut butter or something like that. But it's going to be really um, high protein, no carbs, uh, simply because we want her to uh, to be at a at a good safe level before the game starts. Uh, we want her to be satiated, and then we just go and prepare for the game. So we carry Skittles for for a low, but one thing that we do change. So if it's 15 grams of carbs, we're not going to bolus it it as 15 grams. We change that. Mm -hmm. And some of that's going to be intuition or whatnot. But for example, the reason we love Skittles is because one Skittle is one carb, right? Mm -hmm. Each individual Skittle is a carb. So she's running, you know, we check her. We always check her blood sugar uh, before the game begins, before she goes out on the field. If she's between 70 and 80, we're going to give her one to two Skittles, okay? If she's 60 to 70, we'll do five to six Skittles. If she's a 50 to 60, you know, then we're doing eight to 10 Skittles. So it's interesting. So if she's as low as 50, she's still going to take to the field? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, because because what happens? Adrenaline kicks in. If she has these Skittles that will, uh, you know, that's that's just a sugar rush. Mm-hmm. So it's immediately going to correct her back up. And then the uh, the anticipation of the game, because, again, she's so highly competitive, she, the adrenaline kicks in, and that's going to drive her a little bit higher. She's going to run higher when she's excited. Mm-hmm. Um, where a lot of people, and I think, I mean, you've touched on this before, they think that it burns off like you're burning off uh, fat or something, like you're burning calories, so you're burning it. It's not necessarily that um, when someone is exerting themselves – that they're burning through all this sugar and they're going to go low. That's not necess- That's not how diabetes works. There's so many different things that go into it. And I can tell you, for a kid, if you're exerting yourself, if we sat there and made her do 100 push-ups at the house, 
as her normal form of punishment. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But but if we if we just made her do that, like okay, let's have a uh, no, I couldn't make it a contest because then she gets excited. But no, let's say that we were some weird parent and we said, okay, um, instead of going to your room, I want you to do 100 push-ups. She could very well drop uh, from that exertion. But if we said we're going, you're going to be trying out for American Junior, uh, what do you call that thing? American Ninja Warrior Junior or something? Mm-hmm. They want you to do 100 push-ups. She's going to be excited, and her sugar could actually go up as she's doing push-ups. Yeah, and I, I you, we already do this at the beginning of every episode, and then you were conscious of doing this at the beginning of this episode, and I'm going to go ahead and just do it again. I think of all the things we talk about, preparing your kids to engage in sports and be happy and healthy and successful, it's such an individual thing. And it's interesting, Alan, as you're talking, you know, we, we wouldn't send Ella onto the soccer field if she was lower than 80. And I got to thinking about that as you were talking about, like, hmm, why is that? What is, what, what's the, what's, what's the difference? And you know what? Part of it is our kids are different, mm-hmm. their biological makeup. And part of it is the activity that they're engaged in is different. Totally different. Yeah. I know it sounds stupid to even say it out loud, like our listeners are going, duh, but, um, you know, some people may not, may not be familiar with football, real football. We call it soccer. As a round ball, there's goals at either end of the field. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> At least have that rudimentary understanding. But, but, but the activity is different, particularly in the position that Ella plays. So she plays central midfield. So she's in a position in the field where she is constantly getting back to help the defense, right, and break down opposition attacks. And then she's looking to spring her own attacks, right, passing the ball out and then running to go join the attack so she can provide another option for another pass to get a shot on goal. So she is just perpetual motion in that position. Mm -hmm. And even though uh, Anna's competing at a very high level in her sport, her sport has longer periods of inactivity, right? Exactly. You're watching the game and you're kind of looking at where people are and they're trying to cheat off base and, Mm -hmm. and everything else. But but it's you know it's a, it's more standing around, whereas Ella's is almost perpetual motion. You let me in, in, inject this. No, yeah. that was an excellent point. Inject on my interjection. <laughs> <laughs> that, but it's such an excellent point because the periods of what seems to be downtime is always it's an anticipatory downtime. Yeah. You know, she's a pitcher, but she she also plays shortstop because we have another pitcher, uh, you know, as well who who um, when she pitches, she's a very dominant pitcher. Well, a lot of kids can't hit her fastball, mm. but when they do, it's going to be a burner. So at any moment, fat balls hit, you've got about a half a second to react. So every pitch, she's like, is this going to be the one? Like a cat on a hot tin roof. Yeah. Yeah. And you're having to know, do I have somebody on base? Or where am I going with the ball? If it's, if it's, if it's hitting the air, if it's, if it's a grounder. Uh, am I going to turn two? How many outs is it? Are we just are we going home to stop a run? We're going to first base just to end the inning. All these things are going through her head, so it's always anticipatory no matter where she's playing on the field. So that downtime is different. So it's not a physical exertion. It's a mental exertion, which drives her sugar up instead of driving it down. That's why she can be out at 50 to 60 because she's going to trend up. I'll, I'll I'll say this, and then I'm sorry, let that let you go back to that. Very That's rarely right. does she go low. I mean, she does. I mean, but th- very rarely does she go so low that she feels weak and 
has to be put out of the game or something like that. Mm. I'm sorry, that was a very long interjection, but it was a, it was an amazing point that you made. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yes, uh, I'm sure when this podcast goes up for the various different awards, it's going to be eligible for this segment will be isolated. And uh, I'll certainly remember you when I'm up on stage collecting my trophy. <laughs> but uh, you remember I, I edit the podcast and it may not make <laughs> I may just take that. I may just take that compliment out. <laughs> just kidding. That would, be, that would be fair and reasonable. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. So yeah, you know, one of the other sports that Ella's been involved in is volleyball. And and volleyball's kind of somewhere in between, right? Because soccer, you're pretty much moving almost all the time. Again, it depends on your position. If you're a striker or or you're a defender, you're at the extreme ends of the field. So the chances are you're only really well, you're certainly only going kind of full pout when the ball's in proximity. Uh, you know, you should be moving around and staying, you know, kind of keeping team shape and everything else. But generally speaking, the players that are moving the most to central midfield in in in, ba- in softball or baseball, as you just described, Alan, it's a different dynamic. And in volleyball, it's probably somewhere in between. Because if the ball's coming to your part of the court, then obviously you've got to be on your toes. You've got to have that, as, as you said, that kind of antici- anticipatory state, as it were. So you're ready to react at a split second, but you're not moving constantly. So it's interesting. So to come back to my earlier point, obviously every kid biologically is a little different, but also the sport itself is going to require something a little different. And it's something that we struggle with as well, because when you were saying in breakfasts that you primarily go, I think you said it actually exclusively give Anna protein. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. We're looking for a balance. And one of the things we did is we got online and we were looking at uh, you know, athletes that play sports that are similar in, in, in terms of intensity to soccer and immediately found some stuff from Jordan Morris, who is an MLS and US men's national team soccer player, plays for Seattle Sound and he did an interview where he was talking a little bit about his diet and whatnot and and then we read some other stuff from a couple of other people as well and it seemed like having carbs be a part of that that breakfast would actually be important for a soccer player so a lot of people would talk about having kind of having almost the alvis sandwich right having like peanut butter and banana uh-huh. which is kind of crazy because you're getting your protein but obviously you get a lot of carbs there too that was a little much for Ella. So we had to find some alternatives. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's trial and error. You know, it's trial and error. And it's- It's more of an art than it is a science. Absolutely. So on the game itself, you, you've you taken care of the night before. You try to make sure she has a good night's sleep. Uh, you've given her the right breakfast. You packed all the snacks that you feel like you need. And again, interesting distinction there as well. You talk primarily about protein. Ella has protein in her bag too, but she also has a lot of sugar. Because again, she's in an environment where she's out in the field and she's running like crazy. And all of a sudden she goes from 120 to 70 and in a 10 minute spell, you got to know at halftime, man, I'm popping glucose tabs. Sure. There's no point in me giving her a cheese stick at halftime, right? Because we need to get her right. back up. Now I may have to deal with that later. You know, if I get if I don't get it right, if I give her three glucose tabs where one would have done, then I'm going to be wrestling with that number for the rest of the afternoon. But but it's a different dynamic. So in the game itself, what are you doing in terms of equipment? What are you doing now that Anna can wear that's helping you track her throughout the activity itself? She's just wearing her Dexcom. So she wears she wears her G6. So uh, And where she positions it on her body, it doesn't interfere with throwing or anything. And, it's, and of course, it's softball. So different from Ella where there's going to be more contact, there's not with softball. So... 
Uh, you know, it's just you versus the ball. So if she's pitching, we just put, obviously you put it, you wouldn't want to put it on her pitching arm. So you put it in a place where, you know, she can, she can twist, turn, do the things that she needs to do, pick up the ball, throw it to the correct base. So where, where does she wear it? Is it primarily on her abdomen or buttocks or what do you do? Most of the time during the game it's on her butt. Okay. Now she has to be very careful. So we put it on her non-dominant side. So most kids have a, a side that they slide to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. So where what the side that she doesn't slide obviously that's where we're going to put it so before you know we had to be really careful because she had that that the two the tubes and all that stuff and i don't want to revisit tech but it's so much easier and (laughs) so we're constantly able to manage and monitor sugar we know what's going on all the time so it makes it a whole lot easier to try to manage during a game and also when you're in a tournament and you can speak to this as well when you're in a tournament there's this high anticipation You've got some anxiety, uh, excitement, and then the game's over, and you have to wait an hour or two before the next game starts. <laughs> so then there's this this quick downtime. So we have to monitor that. And at that point, typically, she's going to eat a very low-carb meal, and we just prepare her for the next game, and we just do the same thing over and over. Now, by the end of the day, she could be, you know, it, it can start acting, it can act being pretty squirrely, and we just have to, we have to micromanage that part of it. So your tournaments, that's interesting. So that might be another di- distinction as well. So a softball tournament, all the games take place in a single day, typically? M- well, uh, most of the time. Mm, okay. yeah, in, the, in the smaller local tournaments. Now, if we're traveling, say, for example, when Ella went to Las Vegas for that big tournament, when we do a travel ball tournament where we have to stay in a hotel. Right. Now, that's different. <laughs> now, those games will take a span over – Friday night through Sunday. Mm. But most of the time, most of your small uh, tournament ball, usually that take place on a sat- one Saturday, beginning at about 8 o'clock in the morning, with the last game being at 8 o'clock that night. So if you're good, you're there all day long. And guess what they have to eat there? Concession stand food. Mm-hmm. Corn dogs, hamburgers, chicken strips, popcorn. Mm-hmm. And in the South, I'm, I'm sure they have up there, you know, but in the South, it's, it's like a staple uh, snow cones. You have the snow cone people. So there's just sugar and fatty foods everywhere. So we have to, we have to, usually we will, you know, we're going to leave and go find a place to eat where we can sit down. She can cool off and we can get a, a good meal. And then we go, go back at it again. You know, we check her so many minutes before the game and then we're monitoring during it. You know, that's a, a working tournaments for me. That really is the art, not the science piece because it, it's hard, man. I mean, it's, it's really finger in the wind stuff. When we're out of place tournaments, usually it's over a two day span. She's typically playing two to three games one day, two to three games another day. You know, she's obviously exhausted by the end of it. And of course, the exhaustion piece as well, that factors in also. Mm-hmm. That can really jack with numbers as well and bring them. We talk about numbers going up uh, in kind of a false fashion, you know, being higher than, than they really mm-hmm. are because of adrenaline and whatnot. You know, when your kid gets exhausted, those numbers come a tumbling down. And yes. it's it's really, really challenging. We when You mentioned uh, the Nevada tournament. I think by the grace of God, I just, I struck gold. Uh, sadly, not in the casino itself, but <laughs> pitch side um, at that tournament because her numbers were great. And her literally every, it seems appropriate given the setting, but every choice is a gamble mm-hmm. to a large degree, right? You do what you think is best. You do what you think you've learned. And sometimes it just doesn't work out and you're scrambling to try and fix a low or address a high. And 
and we got lucky in Nevada. I mean, she she was pretty steady throughout, but it's so hard because there's so many pieces in the mix. Hey, I want to ask you a little bit about the, uh, coming back to the technology piece, how deep is a diamond? So if you guys are sat on the bleachers and Anna's out at second base, which is, I guess, unless she's playing outfield, mm-hmm. that's far out as she can be from you. Um, you know, she's got to be within 20 feet of her phone in order for it to get a signal. Right. Do you, do you lose a signal there for a little bit of time and don't stress about it? Yeah, we just don't stress because, you know, we're checking between innings. So uh, when she's on offense, obviously she's in the dugout or she's hitting. Right. And uh, so that has time for it to update. And then we actually do our corrections when she doesn't have to be up to bat or anything like that. Yeah. And more, rarely do we have to deal with a really uh, a high, high you know, a 200 something Mm -hmm. rarely happens, especially as the tournament wears on those numbers start coming on down. Mm -hmm. The excitement is wearing off and they're like, Hey, I'm kind of ready to go home at some point. (laughs) Yeah. As she's coming into the dugout, the phone is with her batting bag. It's with all her materials. And of course, me and Leslie have our phones and we're monitoring it. I'm a coach. So I have my phone with me in my pocket. So uh, if I notice something off, it's rare, but we have called timeout and we have never had a problem with an official calling timeout, actually, you know, stopping the clock because our games are timed so that they keep the tournament flowing. Uh-huh. So they have what they call drop dead times. That's right. Terminology, but anyway, carry on. Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> but they, um, you know, they understand. It's just like an injury timeout, you know. So, yeah. but they, they'll stop, let her check her sugar. If she needs to, to grab some, throw some Skittles in her mouth or whatever, she's okay. But it's so, it's so very rare. Basically, for something strange to happen like that, she would have to be in the field getting the snot beat out of them, meaning that she's out there and you just can't get the, the other team out mm-hmm. and you're stuck out on the field. But thankfully, at this age, they have a they have a, a limit of runs per inning, so we never really have to worry about that either. Yeah, again, some interesting dis- differences between your experience and ours. You know, I typically always test Ella, like physically test her with a using the old pricker. Yeah, right. Um, her PDM, yeah, before before the game, so I can get a good read on her, so that I'm I'm giving her the right amount of sugar which, uh, for when she steps out into the field. And um, because she's she is covering kind of every blade of grass, I just, we just have to make peace with the fact that unless I get joked about this in a previous episode, you know, unless she's on the bench, and I'm one of the few parents who's probably happy when their kids on the bench for a little bit of time uh-huh. because I'm getting a reading off her. Then we just have to make peace with the fact that she's just going to be all over the place, and we're not going to get a reading for long stretches of time. So, coach and now, and, has and, been and great. Then, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go on. No, I'm sorry, coach has been great. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, and Ella probably knows. I mean, she she could probably give you a look, and you know the look. Like, hey, Dad, I'm I don't feel good. Oh, sure. And they're not gonna want to come off that field, but they give you the look, like something. Hey, I don't feel right. I never get the look. I never get the look because she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't want to come off the field because she doesn't want to go. Right, right, okay, right, right, right. Yeah. She gets mad when I go over and say, "Okay, honey, you know, a couple of glucose tests." <laughs> okay, go, go, Dad, go. I'm like, oh, "Geez, all right, just got here." But uh, but coach has been good. Coach has been really good. And but it's interesting. We had um had a conversation, or my wife had a conversation with the coach recently, and he kind of alluded to the fact that he didn't really understand kind of why I was having to swoop in and exactly what was going on. And it wasn't being critical. He was just like, I, I, I don't get it. And it kind mm-hmm. of brought home to me something else as well, which I think is important that our listeners hear, which is, and we've talked about this in previous episodes and there's no way to kind of dress this up and make it sound nice. I'm just going to come out and say it. Not everybody understands diabetes. They just don't. There's, exactly. There's a lot of people out there who are really ignorant 
to the to the disease. And I don't mean that like ignorant with a big eye and being mean. I mean with a small eye and hey, why would they know, right? Because if it's not, never been a part of their life, why would we expect them to understand uh, what we're dealing with? So I think it's really important that you visit with your coaches beforehand. They say, hey, I'm not going to give you you know like a three hour seminar. But here's the three-minute elevator speech. This is what diabetes is. This is how it can potentially impact her. And this is what I need to do to ensure my daughter's safe and she can perform for you out on the field or on the diamond or wherever it may be. So I definitely encourage parents to do that. That's an excellent point. The other thing is the officials. Now, most of them, you do enough tournaments, you start seeing the same ones, and they kind of know who you are. Most of them, they all know Anderson's type 1 diabetic. But you know, if we're at a new tournament, umpires don't know her. I will mention, hey, my kid's got type 1 diabetes. Occasionally, we may have to call time just to check her sugar. And they all say, hey, no problem. They don't want anything to happen on their watch. Uh, a lot of times they will look at me and say, hey, is she feeling okay? And then Tag also is in the dugout. He's checking her sugar. <laughs> He's He said, hey, I'm going to check in her sugar. But, all right, buddy, just do it. Yeah, so doing a quick education for your coaches. It doesn't have to be diabetes education. But suffice it to say, with the prevalence of type 2 diabetes, most people have some concept of what it is. They might not understand it. But when you tell them, look, my kid's got diabetes, and there's going to be times where I'm going to have to step in before we have a medical emergency, they typically stop right there, listen to you, and pretty much do whatever you say. Mm-hmm. And also, most coaches genuinely care and love the kids that, that play for them, and they want them to perform at their best. So I think when they're wearing, if they're wearing devices in a game, I think Alan and I can both attest to that being okay. Pumps, CGMs, just wrap everything. Again, depending on the sport, you know, you can keep their phone with, if you're using one of those remote devices within proximity. I know if Ella plays volleyball, we have a phone and a little protective case that sits down at the foot of one of the posts. So wherever she is in the volleyball court, you know, we can get a signal. Um, I'm trying to think of it. It's very important if you don't do this, to wrap your infusion site, your your sensor, because sweat will cause that stickiness to to let go. Our summers, there's days where it may hit 100 mm. to 105 degrees. Mm-hmm. So make sure you wrap those. That's definitely a consideration for us, but we wrap it more, honestly, because soccer is such a physical sport, right? So again, with Ella playing a central mid, she's typically bumping up against other girls. She tries to push away from them. They'll grab her arm or grab her shirt. And if one of those girls was to inadvertently catch you know, either her Omnipod or her CGM, that would be ugly any number of different ways. So um, we always have a yeah backup of everything. And we even have insulin vial there as well with needles. And we just bring a, an insulated bag. And that way, you know, for some reason, we have to give her a shot because you know there's an issue with the device. And even if there's an issue with the backup device, then we have our plan C, as it were. So uh, in summation, we found a way for our kids to have good, active competitive sports lives. Uh, I I hope that that can be the same for every kid that has diabetes. Um, We all have our challenges. All of our kids are different. We know that, but uh, we certainly found a way to make it possible for our kids and uh, our kids love it. I know Anna's killing it out there on the diamond. Ella's soccer team right now is in their state cup semifinal. Anyone listening to this who is uh, open to prayer, (laughs) (laughs) go go ahead and put your hands together because Ella's age group, uh, her club can't remember the last time that any team from Ella's age group has made it to a state cup final. Oh, wow. So they are one step away, yeah, from doing something pretty significant. Cool. Yeah. 
All right, my friend. Well, let's go ahead and um, put a bow on this one, as yeah, you say. Put a, put a medal around our necks, right? <laughs> <laughs> you always say put a bow around this one, or tie a ribbon around it, or something like that. I do. Either way, it's very, very cute in your English accent. <laughs> okay. Um, you have been listening to Dads and Diabetes, two dads of T1D kiddos on a podcast trying to figure it all out. I'm Mark. That's been Alan. Hey, Alan. Yeah. Go! That's not annoying, right? I just threw up in my mouth. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. We will catch you next time on Dads and Diabetes. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.